Welcome to another episode of the Double Coma Club with your host, Nicole Ruth of the Ruth Team, the number one lending team in Colorado. Inventory exceeded demand in June for the first time since the same month in 2020, two years ago, spiking 94% year over year and 66% month over month. Price reductions, according to Redfin, increased to 40% of homes on the market in Denver. I mean, if the story ended there, it might concern me. Sellers flooding the market, giving homes away at discounted prices. But the story is much different than that. June ended the first half of a transitional 2022, and it did so with a bang. Cryptocurrency is down 60%. The stock market had its worst first half of a year since 1970. Inflation hit a 41-year high. And housing? Well, I mean, so far, housing is up 16.5%. 2022 year-to-date median price growth is only 1% lower than what we saw in the first half of 2021. With all this inventory, though, buyers and sellers feel like it's shifted to a buyer's market. Increased price reductions lead us to believe buyers have the upper hands. However, most other statistics still show us being in a strong seller's market. Median days in the MLS stayed at four in June, with the average only increasing one to 10 days. Closed price to list dropped two percentage points, but was still over 103%. And months of inventory remain low at 1.2. 1.3 months for detached and 0.9 months of inventory for attached. The increase in inventory has given some much-needed relief from an incredibly unhealthy market, one where there was as little as 10 days of inventory and buyers having to pay an average of 107% close to list. As higher interest rates and a slowing economy cool off and overheated demand, inventory can and should return to healthy levels. June 2022 inventory might be almost double 2021, but it's still 5% less than it was in 2020, 36% less than it was in 2019, and 80% less than what we need to meet a balanced market. I mean, it's all about perspective. Meanwhile, buyers are slowly adjusting and readjusting as mortgage rates have become increasingly volatile. News regarding the Fed Chair Powell's fight against inflation topped this month's headlines. During an interview, Powell said, we understand better how little we understand inflation. Well, in other words, and paraphrasing, we're doing a lot to fight inflation right now, more than in past decades, but we're not really sure that we understand inflation, so maybe we'll soon see that we didn't need to be doing quite so much, quite so fast, or, Maybe we'll see that we needed to do more. Powell stepped on the gas with a 0.75% increase to the federal funds rate on June 15th and is expected to raise it another 0.75% on June 27th, then three more times to round out the year. His strong determination to do something big came just days after the Consumer Price Index, the CPI, surprised the market by not easing as expected. 
Instead, the CPI jumped 1% month over month, resulting in an annual 8.6% inflation rate. Inflation is the arch enemy of bonds. It strips away the purchasing power of fixed income securities. So to no one's surprise, but everyone's dismay, the 10-year Treasury jumped 35 bips, pushing the 30-year fixed mortgage rate from 5.5 to 6.28 in just three days. After Powell's grand gesture to control inflation, the bond markets reacted favorably over the next two weeks as mortgage rates settled back down to 5.875. Then, <laughs> then the Personal Consumption Expenditures Index, the PCE, came out on June 30th to end the month. Although the PCE measured the exact same month's data as the CPI report just a few weeks before, the PCE's bigger look at consumed goods and services by all households saw a slight drop in its core inflation, which excludes food and energy. It also marked a slower consumer spending, half of what was expected, and less of a personal income increase to offset that inflation. So while the PCE was not expected to move the market, it did just that, and June ended where it began, with the 10-year Treasury back down to 2.88 and the 30-year fixed mortgage at 5.5. The PCE did more than just move the market. It moved the Atlanta Fed to revise their second quarter GDP estimates from a zero expected growth to a negative 1%. Now, we all know the Cliff Notes definition of a recession is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. And while the National Bureau of Economic Research, who officially calls the start and the end of recessions, did recently expand its definition, it's hard to ignore that this will make two consecutive quarters. But I still stand behind my belief that the first quarter's loss in GDP was due to supply chain issues, not a slowing economy, as consumer spending was still up 3.1%, and over 1.6 million jobs were added. However, we are seeing the slowdown. So far this quarter, 800,000 jobs have been added, and consumer spending has slowed two months in a row. A recession is coming, but we're not there yet. There is a healthy fear of recessionary times, calling everyone to reduce unnecessary risk and protect assets, to evaluate their spend in light of job security. While real estate challenges affordability, it also continues to show strength as we head towards what seems an inevitable recession. 38% of all homes nationwide are owned free and clear. Of the Colorado homes with a mortgage, only 1.8% are delinquent and 0.1% are in foreclosure. And record levels of tappable equity today provides a multitude of options for anyone faced with challenges. So back to the inventory story, there was much needed uptick in new and active listings in June. Some of this due to increased mortgage rates, some due to seasonality, and some due to the migration out of Colorado due to affordability. Although this increase has bumped us above one month of inventory, it's still far from a balanced market and will continue to be a challenge. 75% of all mortgage homes have an interest rate at or below 4%, causing rate lock, which will result in longer periods of time people stay put in their existing home. 
A record number of reverse mortgages reflects that baby boomers are aging in place. An investor market share hit a record high of 20% in the first quarter of the U.S. homes purchased in 2022. All of these factors will slow down home re-entering the inventory pool. Yet, we've seen a little more inventory shifting the buyer psyche. More buyers are jumping back in knowing competition is down. Mortgage purchase applications ended June still down year over year, but up 17% from where the month began. Buyers have also become more discerning. Sellers are being pressured to price their homes right to get their attention, not for what their neighbor just sold for last month, but what their, those homes were listed at the last month before all the overbidding began. And when homes hit the market priced right, those same buyers are now willing to pay more than list to get it. A market in transition requires us to think more creatively, act more strategically, and communicate more proactively. A recession will come, probably in 2023, and when it does, rates will more than likely go down, putting additional pressure on limited supply, causing home prices to go up even more. Equating to equity for those who own and lost opportunity for those still renting. Well, until next time, that's a wrap. For this month's Market Trends Update, it's my pleasure to keep you updated. You've been listening to The Double Comma Club. Never miss an episode. Subscribe at thedoublecommaclub.com to hear more success stories and to get free tips on how you can get on the path to becoming a millionaire through real estate at any age. Remember, visit thedoublecommaclub.com and subscribe.